Welcome to the Inside Story on Franchising with valuable insights on how to create multiple streams of income through franchising and building businesses. Host Ricardo Matos has spent more than 25 years building businesses in multiple industries and helping other business owners succeed. His expertise and entrepreneurial know-how will educate and inspire you. On the show, Ricardo brings together industry experts and insiders who share solutions and strategies along with a passion for helping entrepreneurs make the best decision when it comes to buying a franchise or any business opportunity and much more. Good morning to all listeners. Welcome to the Inside Story of Franchise Podcast. Today's guest is Craig Schultz. He's one of the world-leading lifestyle entrepreneurs who have created a lifestyle by design. Throughout Craig's 20 years of, in business, He's always positioned himself in front of the latest trend, moving from the corporate world of traditional business, owning five fitness clubs. Craig now has global business where he has products and shippings all over the United States and other countries, in 100 different countries. Wow. Craig, welcome to the Inside Story of Franchise Podcast. How are you, my friend? Uh, thanks for having me on the show, and I'm really looking forward to um, spending some time with you today. Oh, welcome, welcome. First of all, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and who you are and what you are all about and what is it that you actually do for business owners and entrepreneurs and those people who want to strive forward in business? Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, like everybody else that uh, grew up uh, wanting to get a good education and get a good job and I became an engineer. Uh, age 21, uh, working for someone didn't really work for me, so I fired my boss and uh, <laughs> uh, bought my first business, which was a fitness club. Um, three or four years into that, I was a multi-award winning trainer in Australia, and um, I ended up buying five fitness clubs and helped set up 22 franchises and did really, really well in business. I had good mentors good people around me and through the global financial crisis um, that was a bit of an eye-opening experience for me banks stopped lending me money to uh, sell franchises to do renovations and I knew then that I wanted to start looking outside the square uh, so I started selling wellness products to gym clients and then I did really well there my third year I made about a hundred hundred thousand dollars is a bit of extra income in my gyms that sort of took me on another journey and as you mentioned I've got business now in a hundred countries where I've got sell products all around the world um, end up selling all my fitness clubs in 2015 and now I'm an investor I'm part owner of a couple of different private companies um, I'm a sophisticated property investor with 11 investment properties and um Last couple of years, I've been building my personal brand, writing books, speaking, et cetera, et cetera. And this is where we are today. Wow. That is a 20 years of experience in a nutshell. Wow. <laughs> impressive. Impressive. Tell us about how you were exposed to the franchising, owning or starting a business and how you began. Uh, how I began, like literally my passion was working with people. So I wanted to be in the fitness industry because I was sort of semi-professional at sport as well. So um, working as an engineer sitting behind a desk, that didn't really work as well as I liked. So <laughs> I, I just started working in an organization and really liked their model, their concept. And they were a, a franchised business model, but a very small group. And I think I like their product. I thought, look, this is a really good product in the 
fitness industry. So I spent about six months there and I said, look, I want to buy a franchise now. And I bought that franchise and then I really helped that company grow. Like they were a based in one state they didn't have the systems um because i was an engineer i sort of used my skills to work on developing database ideas and marketing ideas and then i said you want me to help you expand your business into another state of australia so i ended up uh, moving from south australia to melbourne and set up 22 franchises oh, there wow. We were an organization of uh, about 70 franchises when I left. Um, so yeah, 12 years, uh, good model and um, love the industry. So it sounds to me that it looked like you were not only the franchisee, but you became the franchisor yeah, yeah. through the process, right? Yeah, effectively, um, I become really good friends with the franchisor and he wanted to scale his business and he looked at me as, you know, a high performing franchisee. So I've won uh, franchisee of the year three times and um, I, and I was ready. I was young and excitable and, um, you know, I didn't have, I guess, family or anything at the time. So it was a good time for me to take a risk. And then, yeah, I, I helped. I was effectively master franchise. That, that brings up a good question. You said you started young, but that does not necessarily mean that because you're young, people should start a business, right? I mean, anyone can start a business at any age, at any level. Do you feel that because... You started young in the franchise world, you became successful? Yeah, look, age doesn't really matter. I've, uh, you know, I had franchisees from all different ages. It gets really, the, the big thing is around timing and timing in life. You know, sometimes you get to a point in your profession that you need a, a sea change. And, you know, you look at um, situations like 2020 might be that moment where you go hang on I, I, my job is at risk here i need to do something else maybe <laughs> i'll work for myself maybe i go and start a business maybe i go and buy a franchise like so it doesn't really matter when it comes along the journey but when the time's right you know that's that that really just happens differently for everyone and for me it happened very early on in my career interesting so th that brings up another question in relation to the process of franchising the business or owning a business what kind of advice can you give to our future franchisees, owners, or franchisors who can establish or grow the business? What can you give us a golden nugget that it will help emphasize who they are and what they are to act upon becoming a business owner? Yeah, look, I think if I was, everything I do in business now, so I've invested in private companies. Um, I'm a part owner of um, probably the biggest entrepreneur education company in Australia where we teach uh, zero to six figure businesses, but mm -hmm. we have one product to market fit of seven figures to eight figure business model as well. Um, but I always look at investments as people. So if I was looking at a franchise now to start a new business with a, um, a, an organization that was established, I would uh, spare no expense on looking into who the franchisor is, what's their track record, have they run businesses before, how long they run business, and, um, and that's really important. I think um, if you're going to get into business, uh, get into business that you've got something that's uh, a bit of a passion as well. I think you'll um, be really excited if, you know, you get up every day and go to business doing something you love. And the last thing I'd say there would be uh, make sure that there's a high demand for the product or service that you're going to go into business for. So selling records in 2021 is not that good. Yes, I agree. I agree. You know, I own a franchise too, and I am a 
business franchise consultant. And I, one of the key aspects I tell people when they're going to own a business is that work directly with the franchisor's consultant, okay? Why do I tell people to work with a consultant? And because a consultant will help you to see all different aspects within the financial disclosure document. We tell people that if working with a consultant is a key strategy of being successful at, from the get-go, from the beginning, because we have evaluated thousands and thousands of different business franchises. And one of the key essentials that we integrate with people in State of Real Solution, who are the part owners of the Inside Story podcast, is that we like to help involve not only the franchisor, but the franchisee wants it to be in a very cohesive environment. The people who are experts like you, who are being very successful in the franchise world, world can actually attain all the necessary information that they need to have at moment of making the right decision in business. When you were creating your business entity, how many of the people who were owning the franchise were constantly working with consultants? Um, at that time, uh, ironically, there wasn't a lot of people that were in Australia uh, within our network. There wasn't many people that went out. Most people went and um, did due diligence through their accountant or they might've got a lawyer, but no one actually was really going out to get that expertise. But I'd highly recommend, you know, after 20 years in business, uh, you know, get as much, um, I guess, advice from the right type of people as you possibly can. And if that's a, a franchise or a franchisee expert consultant, I would highly recommend that too. Now, what are the certain criteria that a business uh, must be before becoming a franchisee? Uh, look, if I'm franchisor and the criteria, I always just look at the person's desire, their financial background, their track record, their vision. So if they've got a big vision to have success. Um, so I guess not everyone's cut out for business. So I'd really be, and I've experienced this by, I had to sell 22 franchises. And there are a lot of people that had the idea that they wanted their own business. But when the, I guess the whip got cracking and they were in business and challenges and adversity faced them, um, they weren't really cut out for it. So I really look at their mindset, their personality, their desire, their goals. And, um, you know, I'd challenge them around their, um, ability to to deal with challenges because business it's going to be that's going to be a guarantee challenges will be a guarantee no i agree with you one of the things that i um when i talk to a lot of people and they want a particular franchise in my in mind i ask them what is their background what have they done in the background I mean, have you an accountant are you an engineer are you in this particular business you are but not everybody knows how to flip a burger. If they know how to flip a burger, then you will, will you burn it, right? Now burgers can be built exactly the same way. So I, and it's crucial to understand that when you are evaluating a particular franchise model that is related to something that you can be passionate about, that you can grow with it. I know that you have done a lot of different franchises and you have working with a lot of franchises. How long did it take you as a franchisee to establish your business? Yeah, look, I think it was my my third year. So our business model had um, pretty much fixed costs. You know, our equipment costs, our rent, our lease, staffing, et cetera, sort of was there. So if you had zero clientele, you know, we still had that cost up there. And it took a, about... I needed probably 12 months of working capital to sort of like build the membership base to get to that sort of point. The second year it was making money without making a really good return on your time. And in the <laughs> okay. third year it was 
uh, for me, I started having choices where I was having, you know, working four days a week and three days a week and having going in at lunchtime, you know, so I had choices by the end of my third year and fourth and fifth year, I was highly profitable. Very nice. And that's a good question. A good answer for that question, because a lot of times people are asking me, when would I determine my return my investment? They think they can get it over time, you know, in a short period of time, when in reality, almost every franchisee or franchisor knows that the majority of the business, it takes, you know, two to three, four or five years, depending upon how are you marketing, what location you are, and how the structure of the business is in the high-end demand. If, if, you, if you were to disseminate or, I should say, be more enlightened on what the best spectrum of your franchisee model was that you learned from this aspect of the business to be, uh, should I say, efficient, what was that, that consideration to make the changes? Does that make uh, sense? How, how were you able to evaluate within a spectrum of changes? How do you submit it? What would need to be right? What would need to be wrong on the alternative of the decision making? Um, I guess for me, like if I was looking at the franchise or, or our actual product or service. I see. That makes sense. And you were, you, were you always evaluating the overall cost of the runs of the business profitability to make the final decision? Yeah, look, I mean, for, for yeah, for, I, I was able to, like, I guess for very early on in my business, I got really good people around me. So I would, I had some really good advisory, um, uh, my accountant and my, um, the person, uh, my mentor, who still is 20 years later, were two people that I always bounce my ideas off straight away. So even if I'm investing in properties, in new businesses now, I, I can make pretty quick business decisions um, based on looking at a, a handful of uh, key areas of a business. And I ended up buying five franchises myself because I could see the potential in them. A, their location was super good for me. Um, B, um, you know, the disposable income of the potential clients. So it was a really good product uh, to market fit. And um, yeah, so I, I ended up buying five franchises and I just looked at the, the model, the location, uh, the potential clientele and seeing if they can afford our product or service and um, bounce out that idea off. Is this going to be a good investment or not? And um that's i make quick business decisions always and that's always good always quick uh good decision so with what you now with what you know now uh, what would you what should i say what would you change or what would you do better from what have you learned in the past to achieve the success sooner um i think for me i managing what the biggest lessons that i learned was I was an aggressive investor. So I took way too much risk on board. Um, so, you know, I, I always say to people prepare for a rainy day. And last year was a rainy day for a lot of people. Um, in the global financial crisis, I bought five fitness clubs in the space of 18 months mm -hmm. and I had a huge amount of risk. Um, you know, when the global financial crisis came rolling through the U S dollar cost me hundreds of thousands of dollars in yeah. equipment costs. And so I always say to people now, if you learn how to manage your downside and, and prepare for a rainy day, because, you know, sometimes you just think that business is going to keep going like that all the time. 
but there's always an economic downturn. There's always yeah. um, a busted water main. There's always something that will there cost are a freeze, you like what had in Atlanta here in Houston. Yeah. So that's that's the biggest lesson I always say to people. Like you know, you you may always think that you know you're doing really really well in business, but hey, who would have thought the global pandemic would wipe people so, out? So that brings up another question. So what would you say is that if you want to prepare for a rainy day or for the moments of uncertainty, a lot of times people are recommending six months of accounts of a total investments, or should I say, an account that is there for emergency funds that only would survive for six months. Do you think in today's society and everything is going around between political aspects, weather conditions, and everything is going on, they should be saving more before they can even integrate into owning four or five. Like, I mean, you took a huge risk. I assume that back in those days, you have total expenditure for not six months, but even for a year, just in case, correct? At that time, so that was where I learned my toughest lesson in business, that I didn't prepare for the rainy day. I was very lucky I had invested well enough in property to um, be able to use the, the property debt as security against my business. Um, and that was what helped me get through that uh, tough period. But when I say people get in business, they make cash and it, it's like I'm profit in, profit out. It's big cars, big houses, big holidays, and they don't leave themselves in preparation. So I'm, wow. I, I always try and encourage people to make money on money, think for the long term, invest in, and grow, and make sure that you protect yourself outside of your business. So if your business does hit distressed times, you've got you know that pr uh, preparation happening in the background. So it's really just good money management behaviors, good investment behaviors to put yourself in a really healthy position because there is going in to other be words, another rainy day. In other words, don't spend all your profit on the first month that you earn it. Exactly. Technically, that's what it comes down to. And, and it's... Uh, a lot of people, that's what they do. They yeah. um, they buy a franchise model, and instead of paying the franchise model for the first two or three years, they go buy expensive cars, expensive towels. They go on very expensive vacation. You know, they feel like they oh now we got this, and they think their money is going to come in every single month. But the primary uh, challenge to overcome here is to save for the rainy day, right? Save for the near future. Save for that growth of the business. Save to expand the business. I recently hmm. I had a young man who wants to own a franchise and his main goal was to be comfortable. That's what his, what his coming was. Oh, I just want to own one that it makes me enough profit to be comfortable. And the reality is that most people that own one franchise, they don't want to own one. They want to own two and three and four. And right, one of the key challenge aspects there is putting more money for the rainy side, you know, for a rainy day on, on the side, right? Can you share hmm. with us some tips or strategies on how successfully the market of franchise is today for you and anyone else who wants to jump in in the franchise world? Well, I think um, always, I mean, for me, I think business always is the right time. When it's the right time for you, it's the right time to find a business. But I, I think you really, you know, I guess engage someone like yourself to go through all the, the A to Z of what different opportunities because in the franchising industry you could be anything from mowing lawns to flipping burgers to um, franchising accounting practices looking after pets there's so many different opportunities yeah. and so some are really low entry but they're closer to buying yourself a job and then there's some that are a little bit more higher entry but they can actually be genuine businesses like if you bought a mcdonald's franchise 
totally different to buying a lawnmower in round. You've really got to sit down and work out what's going to work for you. I have always believed in the upswing and the downswing. If the economy is going on a downswing, I always believe that's the time that you always jump in. And a lot of time people are jumping in on the upswing that is already up because by the time your economy is going up and you're preparing your, your franchise to be open into place, for all we know in the second quarter, it'll be in a downward motion. So by the time you open, you'll be in the downswing where you're not going to make any money. So I always believe that everyone should open their own business on the downswing. So they, when they're setting up, gradually as they're setting up, the economy is going on the upswing. So when they're ready to open, they're opening on the upswing where they can be profitable. And I don't know if you have experienced that situation in your market. I know a lot of times right now when the economy was crashing, majority of the business were doing very profitable, very highly skilled businesses were succeeding there because they were ahead, right? Now, what can you share with us on this, through this pandemic? How were you able to overcome all those challenges? Well, I mean, in my old industry, the fitness industry, that there was challenging in Australia because we had 10 months where the government locked down fitness clubs uh, and they weren't allowed to have people go to their venues. So yeah. the people that survived in Australia, uh, in the fitness industry in particular, uh, which is where I had all my business, my fitness franchises prior to this, um, their, their only survival mode was to go online. And, okay. and it really was for a lot of those people that was for survival only. It wasn't really to, um, you know, there's so many people going online and there's so many good celebrity trainers and everything online with really good established programs already, you know, it's pretty hard to compete. So a lot of uh, fitness clubs through the, the um, economic downturn, they were just trying to service their existing clients online. So, and that, that was sort of out of their control. So, yeah. you know, that, that was a government thing that cost, cost them. It wasn't really the, just the economic downturn. Yeah, like companies like Peloton, they they surpassed because they were set up and prepared for that, right? I mean, you know, it, it franchise business are striving, but there's always one key aspect that it requires to be prepared and to be set up, and you overcome that. Uh, where can our listeners go and learn more about who you are and what you are and how your business integrates? Yeah, so just my name. So it's www.craigschultz, which is S-E-H-U-L-Z-E.com. Um, it's pretty much a one-stop shop there. I do a lot of speaking gigs now, podcasts. I've wrote a book. Um, so you can find out pretty much anything about me through that website there. And so right now, it's your hat, what you're showing as part of your, your podcast entity of the business? Yeah, so my One Shot Movement, I wrote a book last year called You've Got One Shot, which is you've got one shot at life, go out there and give it your best shot, whatever it is for you, whether it's to buy a franchise, climb the corporate ladder, whatever it is, that's, uh, that's my sort of, I guess, my message to the world and my book, my podcast is around that as well. So right now in this day and age, you're basically pretty much helping business owners how to become entrepreneurs within business entities. You're not in the uh, market of selling franchise anymore, are you? No, that's exactly what I'm doing now. So I do speaking gigs. I help uh, do advisory for businesses. Um, yeah, so that's sort of uh, most of the stuff that I'm doing at the moment. So the I've got, like, yeah. Very much, very much. Well, I, I want to thank you very much for being part of our podcast. And uh, I look forward to integrate more ideas with you and pick up your brains in the near future and uh, give you a lot of great success. And uh, hopefully we'll go from there to the near future and something greater. 
Thank you. I appreciate uh, you having me on the show and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you very much. Talk to you soon. You've been listening to the Inside Story on Franchising with your host, Ricardo Matos. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review on your preferred podcast listening platform. That way, you'll never miss a new episode and you can help spread the word to more entrepreneurs like yourself. We really appreciate that effort and we'll catch you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.